0: Vanessa Harden, welcome to Amen Unbowed. We are live on the podcast. My mother always said to me, your podcast it should be unapologetic and bowed, you know, because I'm trying to get people to be as authentic as they are, show their true selves, people that are doing things that are kind of changing the world. So I figured I am going to reach out to Vanessa Harden. I am honored to have you on the podcast, Vanessa. I've known you for a few years now but your accomplishments is just incredible, all right? For a young lady like yourselves, I know you do a better job of introducing yourself, but I'm just gonna you know, share with the audience a few things that I've come to learn about you. Some things I didn't even know myself. You're a very humble person and you keep a lot to yourself. But Vanessa Harding is an award-winning artist and designer focused on creating thought-provoking experiences and installations. I mean, this is how it describes what you do when I check you out online. But there's more to you. I mean, you're the founder of, of Wild Flag Studios. I want you to tell us more about that. It's a luxury art installation for brands worldwide. I mean, let's talk about some other places we can find you in the media, some of your accomplishments, right? I mean, you even sound surprised by some of the things I'm saying about you. <laughs>
1: <Like> but, <laughs> a little bit,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's really impressive. I'm, I'm really proud of your, some of your accomplishments because I know you so well. I mean, I mean, you've done stuff that can be seen in Vogue, The Guardian, CNN, Wired, Bloomberg Business Week, BBC, and The Vice, just to mention a few. So Vanessa, let's get started. So tell me a little bit about you, Vanessa. Where do you stand on life itself? Who is Vanessa Harden? Oh,
1: wow. Um, that's a big question. Well, first, I wanted to thank you for having me on your show. I really appreciate this. This is uh, quite, quite an honor. So thank you very much. It's a pleasure, um, it's a pleasure. Uh, where do I stand? Where, who am I? Um, I'm a creative. I, I'm, I'm a designer. Uh, I'm a problem solver. Uh, I'm somebody who uses design and creativity to address challenges and tries to come up with solutions for those ta- to those challenges. Um, and I enjoy people, and I enjoy trying to make um, trying to use my skills in a way that makes things better in some kind of capacity. Um, and uh, and I feel that I've uh, found my purpose doing so. So, so that's yeah.
0: awesome. That's awesome. I'm glad you... Thank you for sharing that. But, you know, you see yourself as an artist and a designer, and you often describe yourself as that. But you know something that's consistent when I started doing a little bit of research about who Vanessa Harden really is, mm-hmm. outside of the fact that you're actually an educator. You, you mm-hmm. rarely say that, but that's kind of what you do. You share your passion to be through being an educator. But on top of that, and this is one of the reasons I, I really had to get you on a podcast uh, today, was I see you after looking through a lot of the things you do as a change agent. You know, you you provoke change through the things that you do. So I want you to touch on that a little bit for me. I know, I mean, you're also an MIT graduate. I mean, the list just goes on and on, but you, the consistent thing I see with you is that you like to provoke change in whatever discipline you're at. So give, give us a little bit of an insight on that.
1: Um, yeah, I think, I think, you know, you hit the, the nail on the head when you mentioned uh, education and being an educator. Um, I think that, uh, well, for me anyways, the way that I try and promote change and the way that I try and and, and create some kind of a positive impact is right. through education. Um, and I believe that, you know, education, education. Uh, Gives power to people. it knowledge is power, um, and so I, I think it's. And I also think it's important to create relationships between academia, education, and other groups of individuals. Because I think everybody can 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 share um, um, challenges, share solutions, right. and come up with such. Come up with um, uh, solutions to various challenges together and to give you a little bit of an example I I, I teach um, at at NYU and I and and what I what I teach is I I, I teach various classes but a lot of them are geared towards real life um, uh, real life situations and so I introduce students to say um, um, stakeholders or or, or, or partners uh, who are experiencing various types of, of agricultural challenges, for example. So, um, you know, we, we have a, a partner that we work with in, in Ghana right yeah they're they're building uh west africa exactly they're building a village and they have issues with water filtration so Mm -hmm. so you know i'm a professor in the engineering and design department and so some of my students are working on on various types of water filtration devices and uh whereas uh some other uh interesting things we're doing we're working with um a food pantry actually here in brooklyn and so some of my students are looking at hydroponic systems and so um so there's a lot of how how do you use design and how do you use technology to create change and right and i think for me my role is not necessarily to come up with solutions because i'm not a you know I, I i i like connecting people together and i think the more people you have together working on on a on a, on a challenge um the better chances you are of coming up with some kind of a, a um a solution for that challenge right that
0: yeah what was your inspiration in in going down that path i mean you're using your your talents and your skill set, so to speak, not to bolster your resume, but more to actually create some kind of change. What inspired you to do that? Like, where did that come from? You didn't just accidentally fall into this role. You decided to become an educator to help make real change. I've, I've seen some of your work. You're on the streets of Brooklyn. You're in Manhattan. You're in New York. And then you're in Ghana in Africa. I mean, your work has touched different cities, different places, but what inspired you to go down that path?
1: Um, so, I mean, I, I think, you know, you want to create, you, maybe not everyone, but I, for me anyways, I, I wanted to, I, I want to give back in some kind of way. I don't want to be right. using my skills to create more waste uh, for this kind right. I, right. I don't want to use my skills to, to, to create any more problems, any more hurt. Uh, in fact, I think it's a duty and, and, and for I think it's, it's if, if it's a duty for designers to to right. solve problems and make the world a better place. If you right. are a designer, then that's your that should be your unspoken ethical kind right. of mantra that you go by. Um, and you know why did I so so for me I kind of have like a certain I have these 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 um, kind of foundation pillars that I really try and 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 maintain. Um, Throughout my own kind of ethical uh, journey right. uh, with regards to, to how I approach the world in design. Um, but I, I think, you know, there's just, you just you just feel a calling, you know, I think everybody right. has a calling to do um, something or other. Um, yeah. and, and some people, you know, heed that calling and some people, some people don't. And,
0: and for yeah. me, it was... A- it takes action on the, a calling to the extent that you have and that's why it's so impressive. But I want to ask you something else. I want to go right back. Let's, let's go not too far back. I mean, let's go about 10 years ago. You did a TED Talk in London, England, and I'm from London, England. You're from Montreal, Canada. How did you end up in London, England doing a TED Talk about change, about pu- pu- public art, so to speak? But also, again, you're trying to invoke and provoke some change through your entire speech. Guys, if you want to go check this out, check out Vanessa on YouTube and listen to her TED Talk. I'm not sure if she wants you to listen to this TED Talk because it was many, many years ago. ago. (laughs) But it gives you an insight on who she is as a person and how far she's come even since then. But even then you were trying to, you know, disrupt and provoke change. I mean, Mm. public intervention. You even said at one point you're most interested in public intervention and making people think. Mm. Why do you want people to think Think about what exactly?
1: Think about, so everybody is very, every person, every human has power. Right. Uh, And think about that power that you have and how how you use it and how you can use it. Um, And and I also think, think about your environment. So for me, space, I work in space. I create create within space. So whether I create installations or interventions or, or even various types of design solutions, it's all, Involving physical space. And so I find, I find personally inspiration in space. And I, I think that, you know, as you walk through cities, as you walk through natural environments, as you walk through urban or rural areas, there, these are, there's moments for surprise. There's moments for intervention. Right. There's moments right. for um, um, The unknown. And so at this point, when I was when I was speaking uh, at doing this 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 TED talk, I was really interested in in how you can create unexpected um, surprises in daily lives to make people's essentially their days a lot more interesting and, right. and how to put a smile on somebody's face and mm-hmm. and and what role does design play in that mm-hmm. in that space and so that's how I that's you know that that's how I came about um uh interventions and really just trying to looking at how does how do you make people happier and how do you surprise people in urban spaces?
0: do you feel as though you, you you actually did you feel like you accomplished that through your efforts over the years i mean it's been a decade since uh the TED talk i'm talking about have you have you grown as a person even closer to the to what you were trying to accomplish
1: yeah i mean i definitely feel that i've grown you know like i think um you know, my work has changed tremendously, and there's different points in my career uh, that's affected me deeply as a human. That's changed mm-hmm. who I am as a human,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and therefore has changed my career path. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think it's 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 these moments of of um, these moments of these reality checks right you know, that, that that you give yourself and and also that are given to you
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and and you acknowledge them and you realize them and you adjust and pivot your life accordingly and i think you know everyone goes through this it
0: in particular, absolutely yeah
1: looking at covid right now a lot of people are pivoting their lives accordingly right. right so right. um so so you know i think that there's been certain things for me that have occurred that have affected who i am as a designer uh, as and as a human
0: wow. uh,
1: and as a creative and and have um, helped um, mold the, who I've become um, right. as a as a human.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take that and kind of as a segue into now. So we went. I decided to go a decade back into Vanessa's life. You know. <laughs> now I want to come now and see. You know. I, I'm I'm gonna do that by actually reading out a quote that you put on one of your one of your work and sculptors you did in, in Italy I believe the footprints you remember that that art that you did footprints mm-hmm. right it's, it's amazing it's beautiful and you wrote this in your installation it was in Palazzo Venice in, it, in Italy right you said footprint is an art installation that conveys the number of forced Im- migrants crossing borders per minute due to conflict a sobering representation of the amount of people currently embarked on a journey to find peace. I find that to be a very profound statement. And I think that truly represents the Vanessa Harding that I've come to know. So I wonder if you wanna to touch on that a little bit about the footprints and how, why you made that statement and why you chose to use your, your work for activism. So to speak, I think that you could accurately call it that. But go ahead.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, so my work, my work addresses different types of of topics, uh, uh, whether it be current uh, or, or or topics that are um, discussions. that promote discussion right. in some right. kind of capacity, and that's what I'm really interested in. Mm-hmm. And this piece came about. It was for the the Venice Biennale, mm-hmm. and it came about as a piece that um, you know we and when i say we it was my myself and my my creative partner david gardner at wild right. studios which is mm-hmm. a collective of of artists that i established and um we wanted to create a piece that that really spoke about what was and this was a couple of years ago you know what was really happening um, in particular uh, in Italy and, and, mm. and forced migration. So many migrants were coming, uh, coming across Italy and Greece. And, and there were so many different tragedies happening at sea in the Mediterranean. And so we wanted to, to raise um, awareness. And we thought, obviously, you know, it's, it's the world stage of the Venice Biennale. Right. Um, so we, we created this piece and this piece, we actually created in collaboration with some students at, at NYU. Um, and it was a, it was, we were looking at uh, data from the UN and mm-hmm. we were looking at how we could map this data on a, a, a lighting installation. Mm-hmm. So uh, so we wow. found that there was 76 uh, vulnerable migrants crossing borders every minute. Mm-hmm. And so do, using those um, those those numbers, right. we created 76 shadows walking through a field of lights wow. that were created in a black room, so, okay. a really dark room. Yeah with the sound of, of crunching feet. Yes. So it was very much an experiential mm-hmm. installation and one that made you really feel, you know, the sense of loneliness, this, this mm-hmm. crunch, crunch of the feet and right. these shadows walking by. And it was really trying to to evoke this this, this feeling and, and just listening to these footprints, so.
0: so that's, a, that's amazing, that's amazing. It, you would go into it that deeply. Again, everything you seem to put your hands on Is always in an effort to provoke some kind of change and obviously create some kind of solution to to an issue. I'm going to fast forward now to something else that you're really passionate about. And I think this is the the gardening, right? Mm -hmm. Right? So tell me about guerrilla gardeners. What is that? What does it stand for? What are you trying to accomplish through that?
1: Right. So guerrilla gardening um, is the... Is, is the illicit cultivation of somebody else's land. So guerrilla gardeners, what they do is they they look at public space as opportunities for mm. beautification as well as as to to create um, gardens and and fruit bearing gardens as well. Right. And so there's so many neglected patches of land in in urban spaces in particular. Mm. And so the um, so guerrilla gardeners go and they reclaim this neglected land and they they transform it into to, to, to beautiful. Um, lush green spaces so i am very um uh i'm very passionate about gorilla gardening and I, and i find it's 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 a really um great way to 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 create change but to, right. to also get involved with people and get involved with your community right. and, and to, to 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 educate yourself to 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 eat fresh food to uh it's a great hobby there's so many good reasons
0: right know, I, I can imagine it Okay. And that, kind of, and yeah. that so, leads me well, to, what are you trying to educate them on, Vanessa? When you say educate them, what in particular are you trying to educate them on?
1: Well, going, kind of going back to what we were saying a little bit before, yeah. is, you know, wanting to, so I work with designers, students that are wanting to become designers. And so right. how do you, so I'm introducing students uh, to to people that are experiencing challenges. So educating people on the benefits of food and also exposing them to 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 people that are having a difficult time um, producing food and seeing if there's a way that they can contribute their skills to mm. to to solving or or to, to 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 trying to come up with some kind of a solution to mm. working with people. So creating senses of communities that also, um uh try, sorry creating communities that uh, between a community between students and 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 people of the public so so really just trying to to take because i mean there's, there's this whole debate you know around academic academia right. being very like you know inward facing and so really right. trying to get students out there and and getting them you know, learning from, from real life experiences. That's what I'm really trying to
0: promote. That's amazing. What about children? I mean, you say students, I'm assuming you're talking about the young adults and probably the, the, the college students. What about mm. the kids? How does this affect the kids, the younger kids? I would think this would be impactful on the younger children in the community yeah. right?
1: so so um, so subversive Gardener we actually it event it became a, a it went from an art project which is something that I started many years ago right. and it has, has evolved into a nonprofit And mm. so in our nonprofit uh, we, we do lots of workshops in the summertime with kids oh, wow. uh, and and it's so much fun and in fact we, we um, were awarded a, a grant to build a garden in a primary school. So you know, we'll see you obviously with, with COVID and situations, <laughs> but when yeah. when it's safe to do so, we'll be doing that, uh, which is really exciting as well. So, uh, so this 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 is ageless. This is this goes across the
0: board. Right. I'm gonna ask you for those of us that are not um, not so educated on gardening: is what are the benefits from gardening that could really affect your life? I mean, let's really break it down, and assume you're speaking to someone that has absolutely no idea about it has no experience in gardening and and i want you to kind of lay it out and break it down because i want the kids that may listen to this or parents that may listen to this to understand how getting kids involved in this kind of a movement or this path could might might actually help the the growth of the kid Mm
1: -hmm. yeah no absolutely so like um well it's about food Mm -hmm. right so there's yeah. there's so many different things about gardening that are fantastic. But if we start with food first and foremost, growing your own food, if you're able to, that's fantastic. But being exposed to fresh food, understanding fresh food, it allows you to to inform yourself more about about what you're putting into your body, and therefore make better decisions. And then of course, if you're putting good food into your body, you're nourishing your body, you're nourishing your brain. Right. And so 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 gardening links right. You know straight to to food and food production um and and so there's there's obvi- very obvious benefits there um but then also just the 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 very um, relaxed um, kind of in, environment uh, that they, you're, you're creating by, by gardening. I mean, it's a right. very meditative process, and it's one that's very fascinating because you're taking something that's a seed, and it, right. it, it's a, it's a biological process. You know, you're taking right. a seed, you're watering, and you're creating life, and that's that is itself yeah. is a really beautiful and important lesson, and one that I think everybody should learn. I think every student needs to plant seeds. For me, my students who are not children, who are college students, their first assignment is here are some seeds. Right. Grow something. If you want to learn how to design in this space, you need to grow something first. So it's really (laughs) like, so there's so much that can be said about that. And then, and then of course, you know, just really, um, making it, it creates also perspective, you know, so you're, you're eating and you're understanding and, and there's, it's, it's, it's cultural as well. You know, you're eating certain types of foods. Right. And, and especially when you're living in a city, different people from all over the world are gathering and they're eating different types of food as well. And so what kind of food are you growing? Well, this is the food that I'm growing. And where are you from? And so yeah. it creates discussion. You wind up meeting people. It's a really, That's right. it's, it's, it's healthy. So there's so many good things about about gardening and about um i mean also you know it it links back to therapy you can you can right. uh you can reach people through through gardening therapy and sensorial gardens and uh, wow. people that are visually impaired uh you know there's there's this whole field of study around you know so it's it's really um
0: that's interesting i never thought about it from that perspective it can very, be very therapeutic right
1: in so many ways oh yeah yes. it's uh it's a very good um and, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very important, I think, skill. I can
0: imagine, I can imagine. You know, it was interesting, my, uh, my daughter, she's seven years old now, and she, she's constantly constantly asking me for a pet, and uh, another pet. And I told her the other day, I said, why don't you just get a plant and nurture the plant and why don't you do that? Because I started to think after our conversations about what you do, I started to think that's not a bad idea it's not about it for every child to kind of nurture something and care about it and kind of see it grow and blossom. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's like the, 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 uh, what you call it, the success of that plant it really depends on how you nurture it. If mm-hmm. you neglect it, you'll see the effects of it. Because that's in a way that's life, right? That, that, that exactly. is life. It's a true representation of, of life.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's a beautiful metaphor really. Oh. And it's, um, and it's one that, you know, you cultivate your own form. You, you, you cultivate your own skills, your own green thumb. Nice. It's, uh, it's really, yeah, it's quite poetic. And like I said, it's, it's incredibly important and something that I think everyone should understand also where their food comes
0: from. Right, right. So I'm <laughs> like, it would be, I know in Africa, almost every child before they're 12 years old have gone to the farm. When they eat something, they know where it's from. Some yeah. kids can not even tell you, where how the process of most of the food they eat do you think that's an important dialogue to have or an important yeah
1: no absolutely and i think you know like i i think that this that the food movement there are so many unsung heroes and they're the people that are the most prominent and the ones creating the most change it's certainly you know it's certainly not me honestly like <laughs> You know, I, I feel that in some ways, of course, I I am taking the platform that I have, and I'm right. taking, you know, the skills that I have, and I and I'm doing what I can, but but I I also feel that there are some people that that are, um, you know, going about this in a like, like I believe that there are per- people that are that are really in the middle of this right, right. now, you know, like
0: in the I battlegrounds was, of it, the-
1: exactly, uh, it. that are that are not getting the 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 recognition but are right. that are actually the ones that are you know like you know some people that are doing incredible work right now and so i think it's it's important to recognize that and to recognize that like there i mean you know if you if you think various types of of people in the movement you know like people like ron finley for example the gangster mm. gardener from la and right. you know, there's a lot you know um uh, richard Reynolds, uh the gorilla gardener from london you know there's mm-hmm. a lot of there's a lot of people um, who are, I think not only are they doing, you know, we're doing work, but we're trying to create, put the spotlight on other people that are creating um, significant change in their communities as well. You know, it's, it's, it's it's amazing how many people are involved who we don't even really know yeah, about. Yes. They're doing such incredible work. And, and, yes. and these are the people that really deserve the recognition.
0: And this is why I kind of started this podcast on Baud. It's like, I really want to speak to real people with real stories, Mm -hmm. very real inspiration, you know what I'm saying? So, Mm -hmm. and that really kind of takes me into this, you know, you've touched on a few things that you've done and each one of them, as far as I'm concerned, provokes change, right? Mm -hmm. But I want you to tell me a story on how, because it couldn't have been Vanessa just got up and decided, you know what, I want to change the world. Oh, I want to change the world with things I like doing. And, oh, well, look, the world is changing. Of course not. I really want a, an authentic story. I want you to tell me a story where you've found yourself in a tough place, mm-hmm. and you survived it, and it's made you a different person, for better or worse. It has made you mm-hmm. a different person, hopefully for better.
1: I mean, there's there's a couple of things that I can t- I can say to that. Yeah. Um, but I, I I think I wanted to first mention a little bit about. Um, uh, talk a little bit of a story that um, affected the work that I do tremendously. Mm-hmm. And it was a really sobering moment for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the reason why I think my my work right now is where it is. And mm-hmm. I um, this is uh, maybe about, I don't know, maybe about, I don't know, like six, seven years ago or something. Mm-hmm. And I was um, I was in London, and I was sat outside uh, an exhibition space. I was having a show, and I was sat there. And this was maybe like eight thirty in the morning, and the exhibition space opened at nine. And so I was I was sat outside having a coffee, and I had books that I you know written had been published in on the table, and and, right. and I'm sat there, and um, and this man comes over to me, and he he'd been drinking. And he, you know, wanted to have a conversation wanted to look at the books. And then I said, well, you know, you can't have the books. These are my books. And we got into a bit of a conversation. And, and finally, he asked me, he said, are you a gardener? And I said, yes, I am a gardener. And he said, I'm a gardener, too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I said, oh, okay. All right. Well, tell me more. He said, yes, you know, I was the head gardener for this place. And I was the head gardener for that. And if you know anything about the UK and London in particular, I mean, gardening is like, it's it's." it's part of their like it it runs through their veins and so um and so he was talking about gardening and then he said uh but now i'm homeless and so i forage and i forage for food and i know what i can eat and i know what i can't eat and then he said to me so you're a gardener what have you been planting that i can eat wow and at that moment, I've been finding wow. flowers, right? I've yes. been beautifying spaces.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: hadn't been growing anything for anyone to eat. Mm-hmm. And that for me was a really it was a sobering moment. And it was a moment that really made me real like it made me think like, what is my contribution right now? Right. Uh, and and I could be doing a lot more. And so so since then I've been focusing primarily on food. Um, but, you know, but I, I think the story basically, it, it's one of these that like I i was taught a real lesson. Right. Um, and it was something that I had to I had to learn to be able to then pivot and readjust and and hopefully. Um,
0: That's a powerful story. How you move forward. You, do you feel like you've answered that question?
1: Oh, I certainly haven't answered as in I've addressed these questions. Yes. Um, but these are such huge problems, um, mm-hmm. that are systematic, systematic, of course, a systemic, sorry, of course. So, yes. so there, there, I've addressed it to the, my ability and, and also I've, I've introduced it to others and I'm addressing it within groups of people. Because again, mm-hmm. I believe together you can create a lot more change.
0: That's, that's, that's powerful. So uh, I kind of want to stay where we're at right now. It's still with the gardening topic, right? Still with the gardening topic. Where is the room for growth in this? Where's the room for change? Who else can help this movement? And are we obligated as citizens to educate our co-citizens about gardening and about the importance of it? In other words, like, for example, New York City, for example, it's a city. Do you have to live in place that is rural? Do you have to have a lot of land to be interested in gardening? Or like in London, for example, I'm from London, England. So I know we had a garden. You could have a plant in your house and you can you can really nurture from there. You know, a lot of people would listen to you speak and go, you know what? I, I live in a city. I wish I could do that. That sounds interesting. But I wanted to know that there's always a way, correct?
1: There's always a way. I mean, it's this is this is obviously it's a, it's a fundamental challenge you know like yeah great i'd love to garden i don't have space that's that's most of us are dealing with that and that's the whole yeah. point of gorilla gardening is to go and find space um to go and find space that's not being used and and, and growing something now how how like how effective is that going to be i mean you you it's, it's if you're going to find a place to grow, you obviously have to make sure that you find somewhere that's near your house, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll need to water it. Um, um, often getting getting a group of people together is often a, a really good idea because, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you can't water it someone else. So so I also feel again, as I was mentioning, is that a lot of these things, if you want to grow food, then also finding out who else wants to grow food and, and right. really together, you know, making this something that you'd like to get you'd like to do because there is um there is access to community gardens um but it's again difficult to get into the community gardens and is it is it is a is it a fair system to get into them and so it's Mm -hmm. depending on where you are Mm -hmm. there's different ways of going about it um but it's not always straightforward and i appreciate that it's definitely not always straightforward you may you know wind up with with a, a a herb plant on your on your windowsill for the moment, you know, right. until you find that perfect place.
0: Well, most things that are worth doing and never straightforward, correct? You know? Yeah. No, absolutely. You've got to make it work.
1: Exactly, exactly. So I think it's um but guerrilla gardening is is a way to 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 try and 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 move around that and to find spaces, um that you can use in public spaces.
0: Um, you know, I touched on this a little bit at the start, Vanessa. I talked about the fact that you're an artist, a designer, and, and an educator, but the part that we didn't touch a lot on is, it's, it's kind of uh, ingrained in who you are as a person, is the activism that you have, and you kind of used what you do as a, as, as, as a bit of an activist, right? So in the let's talk about social change right now in general, right? Mm-hmm. Where do you think the world is today in terms of women? Like, how do we perceive women? I noticed in your in your uh, TED talk you did again in England, ten years ago, you actually touched on that on that topic, on how people perceive women. You even had a a, a social uh, what you call it a uh, a social experiment going on there on that. I was very interested. But fast forward until now, mm-hmm. how do you feel? The world perceives women.
1: Mm, I mean, it's a, it's. Uh, you know, I guess it would depend firstly on where you are in the world. You know, I, I'm I'm fortunate enough to be living somewhere where it's uh, <laughs> certainly not perfect, but mm-hmm. I, um, you know, I don't have major restrictions on on where I can go and who I can see, and um, I know that. However, for myself and and working within the design industry and and working in particular uh, in construction, so designing and building large-scale architectural installations, um, it's been difficult. You know, you walk onto the site with your drill and people are like, who is this woman? And and (laughs) how does she... You know, you always have to somehow reinforce. You know, oh no, I know what I'm doing. Trust me, and you're having to convince people all the time. And so it's a very. Um, I know that for me, being a woman um, has definitely. There's been a lot more challenges, uh, in particular, um, working in a man's world. Uh, not a man's world, but a man's uh, men. Men. Man, um, can I say industries that are that have been traditionally very male-oriented.
0: A um, male, a male-dominated.
1: Very much so. Very much so. You know, if you look at construction now, and so then if you can imagine, you know, like anything from like, you know, wood, steel, concrete, uh, all of these manufacturers, it's it's you you'd be hard pressed to find women that are that are working at these factories or these manufacturers. And so, you know, it's it's been um, a challenge for me. But that said, uh, things have come a long way. Um, and I think it's important for um, women uh, to to push forward, and and to foster an environment uh, for other women to be able to move forward. And that's also women of like that's 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 women of of different demographics, women of color. You know, I think it's really important to 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 understand where you are and how you can actually help elevate other women. So I also think that's 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 your role, and and I, I'm. You know, I'm, I'm now a yeah, I'm an educator, I'm a teacher, mm-hmm. you know, it's, 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 it's my job to create an environment that, that fosters, um, you know, a, a inclusion, and that and makes people feel welcome, and, and, and that elevates them, and, and, and it prepares people for the real world, um, so it's, it's, uh, I think it's, I think the role of women has, Certainly evolved. I think it's a lot better, but I still think there's a lot more work to be done. I mean, look at Kamala Harris. It's incredible. You know, those are some big steps forward right now. So it's an, it's absolutely a big alive. Yeah, you
0: know, I'm glad you mentioned it. That's a big step forward, regardless of what political affili- uh, affiliations you have. You you mm-hmm. you have to see that as a as a major milestone. Mm-hmm. But I also noticed that you your work tends to take you into different demographics and also different cultures. Uh, is is there a particular reason for that? And do you feel as though uh, it's even tough even within the struggle and the journey of women coming to an equal footing with men? Do you find that women of culture or different of, or from different demographics, so to say, find it? particularly even more difficult through
1: my eyes yes Um, and I try my you know I and I and I and I I think it's important to 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 develop perspective and to develop Mm -hmm. empathy to be able to see or at least try and see the world through other people's eyes you know Mm -hmm. and and it's and but you you never really truly will Mm because you you are you know you are
0: Right. right 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 right
1: but it but it's um it, I mean, it, the world definitely doesn't seem fair, does it? You know. <laughs> um, and 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 as I said before, you know, and 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 I see a lot of unfairness, um, and and there's a lot of unfairness that I can't do anything about, and there's a lot of unfairness that I can do something about. Whether it's um, coming here and speaking to you today, yes, yes. Whether it's protesting, um, BLM, you know, whether it's working with my students, whether it's, um, you know, introducing them to people that are experiencing challenges. So it's also about not just, um, not just myself Mm -hmm. helping and elevating others, but it's also teaching people how to be, how to elevate and how to work with others and how to, 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 um, to also promote and foster uh, positive environments so i don't
0: know no, i think that's powerful i think that's a really great initiative a personal initiative to actually pursue and keep going because you're mm-hmm. changing lives just by your effort and the people you touch you know someone said one time if you really want to change the world you start with changing your world
1: mm-hmm. and when
0: i look at the things you're doing it's apparently you're changing your world but i want to go into something even even more concrete that if a young girl was listening to us right now, what kind of a mindset does it take for someone like yourself to overcome some of the challenges which you didn't touch on at all? Uh, I know you mentioned you had some challenges and you overcame, but I can't begin to imagine for a lot of the things you've accomplished in a, mo- a male dominated world, I mean, if the truth be spoken, what kind of a mindset does it take to accomplish a lot of your accomplishments.
1: Hmm. Just a lot of determination, right? It's a lot right. of I'm gonna do this and I can do this. And you know, I've been I've been I've been very lucky. I've got a, a really loving and supportive family. So they've been there for me and have supported me through, mm-hmm. you know, everything that I've wanted to do. So um, so I, I would tell myself, "You can do this." And whenever I felt like I couldn't, I had other people supporting me, saying, "You can do this." So, and I and I think you know, I, I get I get fueled by by people, you know, and I see things and I get inspired. And I think you know that that ability to be inspired creates also passion. And once you have passion, it's, you get bit by it,
0: <laughs> and
1: and nothing stops you nothing stops you. So it's really about finding that thing that you love. And once you do,
0: you're you're set. That's amazing. I, I mean, how important is the role of family in Vanessa's life? It's very important. <laughs> I can imagine it plays a massive role for you. Very close to your family. I know you did a uh, I have to remind myself that you're an artist because of so many things that you do. Because typically, the conventional artists you see is mostly stick to things that artists do. But you, you're you very involved in a lot of spaces. But even in your personal life, I see you run marathons and you go on challenges with your, with your younger brother. Touch on that a little bit for me. What is that about? Is that you just being a rebellious Vanessa Harden or... trying to make a statement or you just care about a healthy lifestyle which is it
1: um half marathons i don't think i could ever do a full
0: marathon um i Um, i
1: i I love a good challenge and my younger brother and i we like to challenge each other and um and so something that we we decided would be healthy for us. And we both really enjoyed, you know, doing this half marathon and we, we you know, did a, a triathlon after that and really had, had a good time pushing each other and um, creating this sense of um, accountability. Um, and, uh, and of course, you know, I don't, I don't live in in uh in montreal which is where my brother and my family is and so it also it's 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 nice to be able to have um mutual goals with people that are not necessarily geographically there because it really also helps you stay closer together so yeah no but that's uh um yeah i work out it's 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 definitely something that's good for my head uh it's obviously very good for for you know my physical uh, self, but, yes. but it's also really good for my mental self, and it's something that you know when I'm running, I can really uh, meditate and and kind of zone out a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Vanessa, you've just to kind of get to the end here, but you, which I I could speak to you for hours, and I could keep you for the whole day just to learn so much of what you've done. But for someone that as a, as a, that has a, have accomplished things that you wanted to do, and you've done them, and you're still in pursuit of your your goals and your vision, so you continue to. To do great things is if there's a young woman watching this right now, even a young guy, anybody, person, a mother, and what advice would you give them? What would you like to leave them with?
1: Mm, that's such a hard one. <laughs> but follow your instincts.
0: Follow um, your instincts.
1: I think for me, follow my instincts. instincts have led me, because my instincts have. made sure that i've done things that have made me happy you know when i haven't followed my instincts i haven't been happy or um or i've done something that i've regretted so you know follow 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 who you are follow your instincts are who you are right so it's important to listen to yourself and i think that would be my advice
0: and that would be a great note to say thank you vanessa for your time today and sharing your experiences i find your accomplishments as i've said many times in this podcast to be just am- amazing and inspiring, especially for any young ladies that are looking to pursue their goals and their vision in life and know that nothing can, can stop them. Vanessa, I hope to have you on again. Thank you for coming on to the Amen on Bow podcast, and we shall speak again soon.
1: Thank you very much. It's been my pleasure.
0: My pleasure. Cheers.